This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 93 of Go To Grandma, airing on Zoomer Radio Saturday, May 20th, 2023. If time travel were real, I'd love to try it out. Back to when I was a kid or forward to see what my grandkids are doing in 20 years. While I haven't figured out how we can go forward, we can go back in time on a regular basis and take our grandkids with us if we visit a museum. And of course, in Toronto, we have many choices, including the Gardner Museum, where I recently attended a special storytelling event, or the Batashu Museum. So many others, and of course, the grandma of them all, the Royal Ontario Museum. Today, I'm speaking with one of their volunteer docents, Valerie Fairclough, about why she loves taking her own grandkids to the museum and why she encourages others to do so as well. Plus, we'll hear about their new exhibition, T-Rex, The Ultimate Predator. Yes, you'll probably have to tell your grandkids you didn't live at the same time as dinosaurs, but that's part of the fun and learning. I think learning can go with fun on multi-generational family vacations as well. We've talked on the show about the logistics of planning a holiday like this, but once you've got the details down, where do you go? Lucky for you and me, I have travel writer and granddad of five, Jim Byers, back on the show to talk about the top spots to visit in Canada with your multi-gen family. The last time I spoke with Jim, he had two grandkids and I had two grandkids. I'm expecting number three any week now, but clearly I still have some catching up to do with him. He'll tell us what life is like with five grandkids under three. Museums and natural tourist attractions almost always rely on private donations in addition to public funding. And if you're thinking of making a charitable gift in your will, how do you go about it? Our Take 5 with RBC interview this week gets you thinking about what you value and what organizations match with your vision. My vision right now is securely focused on getting my cup of coffee and settling in to start your Saturday morning off right. We'll start our artifactually historical trip to the ROM next. Valerie Fairclough was born in England and immigrated to Canada as a young adult. Grandma Val has been a volunteer docent at both ROM and AGO since 2010. She is an Ontario Volunteer Award recipient. She loves painting, making pottery, growing plants, keeping fit, and of course, giving tours at the ROM. Good morning, Val. Thanks so much for coming in studio today. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. It's really nice to meet you and see this wonderful place. It's quite uh, a surprise to see all the archives that we walk by. Yeah, it's quite something, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's a neat... Very interesting. Neat complex down here at Zoomerplex. Mm -hmm. What's also obviously amazing is the Royal Ontario Museum. And I know, Valerie, you've been there for quite a while, since 2010 as a docent. Yes. Um, So what are the must-see areas? You know this, you're the pro. What are the must-see areas for grandparents and grandchildren? Okay, well, there's always, I should just say, first of all, there's always something new at ROM, so there's always a a good reason to go. But uh, really, the second floor is the must-see area for children of all ages. It's all natural science, and uh, very young children will enjoy the animals, the Canadian animals and birds on the second floor. And, of course, we have to mention dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves dinosaurs. And the ROM's galleries of dinosaurs and early mammals are really quite amazing because of the space that they're in. Uh, The new architecture allows the curators to display them as they they roamed on Earth millions of years ago. And just the sheer size of the exhibits in that vast space is 
really quite awe-inspiring. And, of course, uh, all little children are experts on dinosaurs, so they, the best thing is that they love to educate their grandparents about dinosaurs, tell them all they know. So that's a lot of fun. The, the other um, wonderful place, which is new, is uh, the Dawn of Life Gallery. And uh, it just opened about a year ago, and it's amazing because it takes you back to life on Earth four billion years ago. We're not talking millions here, it's billions. And uh, there's a wonderful display of a huge collection of fossils from the Burgess Shale, but for children and, and grandparents, there's a theater. It's called the Cambrian Theater. It's curved. It's fantastic. It's using new um, animation technology and it brings all the fossils to life uh, it shows you them swimming around as they would have done like 500 million years ago and the technology is really fantastic for not just for the children but also also for the grandparents and a lot of them sit there for quite a long time just uh, it's immersive it's, it's wonderful also on the second floor is the uh, the tech suite um, the mineralogy galleries and the rom has really one of the largest collections of meteorites in the world, which are amazing, but grandparents and grandchildren can actually touch a real meteorite Hmm. that fell to Earth 50,000 years ago. So that's really quite exciting. They can also in that gallery see the biggest, brightest jewel in the world, Sarasite which is fantastic. It's so bright that it casts its own rainbow on the floor, which is lovely, and it gives you something else to talk about. Taking your your grandchildren to the ROM is amazing because you're learning together, you're sharing new experiences, and it gives you something to talk about with your grandchildren, not just on that day, but afterwards, years afterwards, um, something you can talk to them about other than how was school today. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. There's <laughs> something special about that. I agree yeah. with doing that. How do your grandkids feel about grandma being a docent at uh, the ROM? Well, they, they, they like it. They're, they're actually secretly proud of me, I guess. But uh, what they really like is that I have a lot of extra stories that I can tell them about the exhibits. So they really like that. What are some of your most vivid ROM with grandparent memories that you have with your grandkids? Uh, well, the, the, I, I have to say, well, their, their greatest memory is the Bat Cave oh, from, my when, kid, from my when kids. they were little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. My kids, that's their favorite part. Yeah, and um, the giant squid mm-hmm. on the second floor. Uh, they also, I, was, I actually asked them about this a couple of weeks ago, and they said you know, some of their best memories are, are the exhibitions that they went to including the Chihuly glass, mm. which they absolutely loved, and, of course, spiders and uh, the blue whale. So not just the everyday objects, mm-hmm. but special exhibitions are amazing. And it's funny because some of the exhibitions you'd think, oh, my grandkids are going to love that, but ones you don't think they're going to like, they yes. like, which is so interesting. Yeah. There, there was one, I think it was called, uh, it was about blood-sucking creatures. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I did take them, and uh, I, my grandson Oliver had to leave, and actually I left with him because <laughs> we just couldn't take the leeches. Mm. Uh, just 
did something to both of our stomachs, <laughs> and we left. So that, so my husband stayed with uh, with Justin, my other grandson, and saw the rest something, of the exhibition. <laughs> something for everyone, right? And you don't know, right? Yeah. Until you're there, you're learning. Yeah. Now, you talked about new exhibitions, which the kids love. Now, this one we know the kids are going to love. Come on, it's yes. T-Rex, the ultimate predator. So tell us a little bit about that one. Well, it's wonderful. Uh, it's not just about T-Rex. It's about uh, relatives of T-Rex as well. And there's a lot of um, hands-on things that you can do, uh, things to touch and experience and video terminals and so on. It's, it's not an enormous exhibition, but it, it's a very enjoyable exhibition with some spectacular displays. And uh, it's something that you can do quite nicely in the visit with grandparents. Lots to talk about and read and grandparents can help interpret the, what the children are seeing and so on. If I might just say one thing here, it's wonderful to go to the ROM with your grandchildren but especially if they're, they're young, it's better to do it in small chunks and rather than trying to do the whole thing in one exhausting day, mm-hmm. too exhausting for everybody. So I would recommend that grandparents take out a senior membership. It costs $156 for a year and it includes two adults over the age of 65 and up to four children up to the age of 17. So my 16-year-old is still in there. That's great. But, uh, That's yeah, great. I didn't and, know about that. But it also yeah. means that you could take, say you had two grandchildren, you could also take two little friends with them. So it's a wonderful deal. And that way you can go many times and you can see all the exhibitions included and you can go to all the member special events. You can go as often as you want. So I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I didn't know about this. It's like the yeah. grandparent package. Yeah. I love it. It's a senior family it. family membership. Senior family yeah. membership. And I've been talking with Valerie Fairclough, who is a volunteer docent at the ROM. Obviously, you want to get Valerie as your guide when you're there. <laughs> um, but if you want more information on current exhibits and ongoing exhibits, we can go to rom.on.ca. Thank you so much for coming in today, Valerie. It's, it's a pleasure. I, I really can't stop talking about it. <laughs> I can tell. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Val. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Jim Byers is a well-known travel writer based in Toronto. He writes stories for a variety of publications, including Zoomer, the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, and many others. He also does frequent television and radio interviews or anything related to Canadian travel. Jim and his wife, Barbara, have five grandchildren under the age of three. Good morning, Jim Byers. Thanks so much for coming back on Go To Grandma. My pleasure. How are you, Ken? I'm good. Maybe I should call it Go To Granddad, because what? Five grandchildren, Jim. <laughs> I know, I know. All under two and a half. It's a busy time when they come over, I can tell you that. Oh, I was saying under three, under two and a half. That's crazy. Well, congratulations. I'm sure it's Thanks. a lot of fun. And being the travel expert that you are, I know you're probably already planning ahead for some great multi-generational trips. And I'm going to pick your brain today to give us some tips. So why don't we start out west? What do you got out west for us today? You know, I, I really like, I mean, it's, it's not uh, an uncommon choice, but I really love like Southern Vancouver Island, I, not just Victoria, although Victoria is cute. I mean, Victoria is great. There's the, you know, there's those cute little boat rides you can take on the harbor, which kids will really enjoy. Just those little, little uh, harbor bus that kind of bops around from spot to spot. And you see the houseboats and the provincial legislature and the Fairmont and everything. So I think that's a really fun spot. There's nice parks, there's little driving trips and, and little beaches, you know, even within, within Victoria and some nice, uh, nice little kind of local gardens. You don't 
don't need to, to take the kids all the way up to Bouchard, and although that's lovely, but you can go to a, a couple of other little places and, and hang around some of the nice little little parks around there. You know, of course, if you want to, you can go whale watching in, in the right time of year. So that's always fun. And those are just, you know, just outside of Victoria. You know, the other place that I really love a little west of there, which is a little bit drier in the winter, is Souk. I don't mm. know if you've been any time in, in Souk, BC, Kathy, but it's a really great little town, maybe half an hour, 40 minutes west of Victoria. There's a really nice old train track that's been converted into a, a biking, walking trail called the Galloping Ghosts, as I recall, and that kind of leads from Victoria to Souk. And it's just a really fun town. There's a great old, there's a great old family-style cafe in Souk called Mom's Cafe, mm-hmm. and they told me, and I'm not joking, 50 apples in every pie. <laughs> I love it. There's the size of a basketball. It's completely insane. Sold. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So that's, that's when the whole family can invite up. Just one pie for 10, 12 people should do it. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. I haven't been to Souk, actually, so that's a really interesting one on the list. What else do we have out west? You know, I mean, obviously in, in Alberta, everybody loves Banff and Jasper, and there, there's good reason for that. I mean, those are two of the most iconic places in Canada, and I think, you know, I'd, probably a canoe ride on Lake Louise is about as you know iconic a moment as you can have anywhere in Canada. I mean, you know, that icy blue-green water is just terrific. But, I, you know, one thing I really, really like is to kind of get away to some of the other parts. And there's there's another park that I want to mention called Waterton Lakes National Park. So it, it's at the very southern end of uh, Alberta. I think the best way to go is to take the cowboy trail out of Calgary. You get really lovely views of ranch land and farms and, and, and the foothills of the Rockies. But Waterton Lakes has got a beautiful lake called Waterton Lake, of course. But a couple of really nice driving trips, a fun family-friendly golf course. You can take boat rides out on the lake. There's hiking there that's not too difficult. A lot of history. I really, really like Waterton Lakes. I don't think it's got nearly the crowds of Banff, but the mountain scenery is kind of similar. So those are really good. Of course, you know, Dinosaur Provincial Park. If mm-hmm. your kids like dinosaurs, what kids don't like dinosaurs? That's a really popular spot as well in, in southern Alberta. Yeah, I haven't heard of Waterton Lakes. And actually on this same show, we're talking to the ROM about their new dinosaur exhibit. So that was perfect, Jim. Perfect segue. Segue, huh? Amazing. And so uh, moving out of Alberta and as we go into, I don't know, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, what do we have there? You know, I love, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Manitoba. Winnipeg's a nice city and there's certainly a lot of good things. You know, the the big park there, the main city park, which now escapes me, there's a really nice polar bear exhibit that you can do called, I think, uh, south of Churchill or uh, north Mm -hmm. of uh, something along those lines. So you can see uh, polar bears without going all the way to the far north of Manitoba. Civil Rights Museum uh, is a really, really nice human rights museum in in, uh, in Winnipeg is great. There's always nice festivals in summer down at the forks, but I love, love, love Saskatoon. It's a city that really punches above its weight. You know, the Remain Modern has, I think, these woodcuts or line of cuts from um, Picasso, the largest collection in the world. There's Shakespeare on Saskatchewan. You can go on a an old kind of a steamboat ride, almost like a Mississippi riverboat along the Saskatchewan River there. Great theater, uh, really, really great restaurants in Saskatoon. That's a, that's a city I think that really kind of punches above its weight. I agree with you. I love Saskatoon. I love staying in the Bespera and going for a run along the river. It's amazing. I grew yeah, up in Winnipeg, Jim, so the park, oh, is, a, the park is a Cinnaboyne Park. Cinnaboyne, Cinnaboyne. And the Civil Rights Museum that you mentioned, the Human Rights Museum, pardon me, is in the Forks, which is a great market to right. visit in great Winnipeg as well. Yeah. So I'll just do my little plug for Winnipeg Absolutely. Go, go Winnipeg. <laughs> okay, moving into Ontario, huge province. Have you got a, a special spot there for oh, us? Oh, gosh. 
Yeah, where do you even start? Right. I mean, you know, if, if you're looking for something a little bit less crowded, I really do love the um, area up around Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, not terribly crowded. There's some really uh, great provincial parks. Sleeping Giant Provincial Park is is one of the great places in Canada. And I think, obviously, any, any Canadian would want to at least one time in their life see the Terry Fox mm-hmm. Memorial, which is just outside of uh, just outside of Thunder Bay. That's really nice. Of course, Muskoka, you can't go wrong. You know, you've got golf. You've got great resorts. Uh, Deerhurst, the JW Marriott, if you want to step it up a little bit but also some family-friendly places. Uh, Cedar Grove Lodge is a, is a really uh, fairly inexpensive spot near uh, Dorset and Huntsville. Uh, Sherwood Inn on Lake Joe is, is terrific. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, Muskoka Discovery Center. I am on the board of directors, just for fair warning or uh, a conflict of interest, but the Muskoka Discovery Center in Gravenhurst, there's a new center that opens up this summer. There's a new Indigenous Canadian exhibit called Muskowaki. They're redone the Seguin ship, uh, steamship. It's the oldest operating steamship in North America. America. Lots of fun for the family. And the old Eaton family um, um, steamboat has been converted into electric, an electric boat called the Wanda 3. So it's not something really to look forward to for uh, anyone who loves Muskoka. I love it. I love all of that. And then as we move from Ontario to Quebec, again, such a huge province, so many spots. I'll let you pick yeah. one. <laughs> I think I'll just pick the eastern townships because, you know, it's, it's easy to reach from Ontario, maybe five hours to Montreal and an hour from there. Our son got married there a few years ago, so I do have a bit of a, a sentimental feeling for it. But it's just a really almost kind of a bucolic sort of place. You know, their hills are kind of comparable to Blue Mountain. They're not big, big mountains, but there's really great cycling. Uh, hiking is terrific. Fishing, boating. You can take a boat ride on uh, Lake uh, Memphremagog, if my pronunciation is correct. Mm-hmm. Towns like Knowlton, also known as Lac Brome in French. Sutton, really great town for walking and, and uh, exploring uh, great food. And, and, you know, the food in Quebec is always good. Like, it is. You go to almost any little mom-and-pop restaurant. And no offense to Ontario, you're probably going to get better food that you might at an equivalent place in a lot of parts of, I think, the rest of Canada. They take their food seriously, and it's really good. Yeah, there's a place near Sutton called Averge West Brome mm-hmm. that we've stayed out with our family and with our grandchildren. We were there for a wedding a couple of years ago. Terrific little spot. I think if you've got kids, or even if you don't, I think that there's a light show put on uh, in the, the town of Codicook called uh, Forest Illumina. And you know how the Quebecers are so good at those really special, you know, Cirque du Soleil type shows. Mm-hmm. But this is a really nice, I think it's a moment factory. I think they're the ones that also did the light show inside of Notre Dame in Montreal. But a really beautiful forest setting with uh, really cool scenes that play out on the rocks and tiny lights. It's a really, really magical place that I think the kids would love. I love all of this, Jim. And we are going to cover the Maritimes in another segment of Go To Grandma. So I'll let you off the hook there. There's great places there as well. And if we wanted more information, of course, we can go to jimbyrestravel.com and we can find you all over social media as well. Thanks again, Granddad Jim. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. As director and head of philanthropic services at RBC Royal Trust, Jennifer Button provides advice and guidance to RBC advisors and donors on the use and application of charitable gift funds. With a Master Financial Advisor Philanthropy designation, she has more than 20 years of experience in strategic philanthropy, connecting high and ultra-high network donors and families to causes they care about, and building philanthropic plans that balance personal, family, and tax considerations. Good morning, Jennifer. Thanks so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC interview this morning. It's my pleasure to join you, Kathy. Happy to chat further. Many Canadians want to leave a meaningful legacy through their will, but it can be daunting to know where to start. For those who are unsure about how to begin the process, what advice would you offer to help them make the first steps towards making a lasting impact? 
Great question, Kathy. And many Canadians, interesting and interestingly, including younger generations, are becoming more and more interested in leaving a lasting impact through their estate planning. RBC Royal Trust recently conducted a survey through Ipsos Reed, a national market research firm, uncovering that more than half, actually 53% of Canadians under the age of 35, indicated that they were interested in and would include charitable giving as part of their estate planning. What I found interesting about this was it demonstrates that charitable giving and legacy planning is not just for older Canadians, which is typically the way that it was thought, but also younger generations are recognizing the importance of making a meaningful contribution to the causes that they care about. And they're also thinking longer term because typically those estates are going to close for a number of years. So regardless of age, I think it's important to share that the best place to start when thinking about defining your legacy is to identify what you care about, what's important to you, what was meaningful in your life, what do you value, are there organizations that you're currently supporting for charities of choice um, that match with that vision, do you want to continue to support them? I would also recommend speaking with a qualified professional or a trusted financial advisor who can help you guide through the options, whether it's from tax planning, whether it's estate planning, and understand some of the strategies that may be suitable for you and some of the tax advantages that you may want to take advantage of in life or from the estate. And interestingly, Canada is one of the most tax-advantageous countries associated with charitable giving. Lastly, Consider updating your will and including those charitable intentions in that new draft or that first draft when you do it. Okay, this is great advice. And when it comes to leaving a lasting legacy, the inclusion of future gifts in your estate plan can be a powerful way to support causes that matter the most to you. What are some effective strategies for Canadians to include future gifts in their estate plans? Yeah, so through charitable giving, incorporating that gift into your estate plan can be an incredibly powerful way to leave a lasting legacy and support the causes you care about but also support the causes you care about with assets that you no longer have need for. But it's important to take a time to plan ahead, decide how you want to distribute your estate. Which charities do you want to support? Are there other beneficiaries that you want to include? That all has to be a comprehensive conversation. In regards to the charitable gift, you can set a specific cash legacy that may be absolute dollar value, a thousand, twenty-five thousand. You may direct specific assets like investable assets in kind in your non-registered account, so publicly traded shares that may be some of your being a beneficiary of your registered plans. You could also have unique aspects like land or art that also may benefit if you give to institutions that fall within the ability to accept those. All other intended beneficiaries, as I said, should be included. It should be part of a comprehensive plan, and charitable giving can be a great addition alongside them. Outlining your wishes in your will can have its benefits. You can enjoy the assets while you're alive, knowing that in the future, whatever's left, how those would be distributed. I think it's also helpful to share with other beneficiaries that you're including charitable giving. Another strategy for those that may have surplus assets or greater assets that they want to consider is to look at a donor-advised fund within a public foundation. That could be at a community foundation. That could be through your financial investment relationship. It can be an efficient way to make a gift to one charity for future grant disbursements over time that that public foundation will disperse. So as we close out our conversation today, let's talk about some common misconceptions that Canadians might have when it comes to leaving a charitable gift in their will. What are some myths that you've come across and how can we set the record straight? Yeah, Kathy, this was two myths that came up within the Ipsos Read survey that we did. One was, I don't have enough assets. 
I think that that's a common misconception. People may not be aware of sort of their full assets that they have. But also when you're thinking about charitable giving, there's no minimum and there's no maximum. So it absolutely can be important to include charitable giving, even if you might think that your asset base is not sort of fulsome enough to make a charitable gift. So I would not let that stand in your way if you think you don't know if you have enough assets. Regardless of how much you choose to give, generosity is always appreciated by those organizations you want to support. The last myth I would say is I'm too young to think about estate planning. The reality is it's never too early and it's never too late to put a plan in place. You can start thinking about what that estate plan is. You can start with drafting that first will or revising a current will that you have in place. doesn't matter what your age is. It's important to create that plan and to think about the benefits of leaving that legacy and how you would like to have that legacy articulated. This is such great information, Jennifer. And if we want to delve deeper into it, we can go to rbc.com slash royal trust. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Kathy. Have a great day. What do you call a dinosaur who likes cheese? A gorgonzilla. And you thought dad jokes were bad. Welcome to the land of grandma jokes. Thanks to Valerie for telling us why the ROM is dynamite for kids of all ages. And to Jim for getting trippy and encouraging us to travel with our kids and their kids. Next week on GoToGrandma, we have a delicious episode. Cookbook author Charmaine Broughton shares her advice on what makes the best brunch for those Sunday mornings with the grandkids. Best tasting and best for all of you. While maybe not the most nutritious thing to do, I devour all of Linwood Barclay's novels, and he's going to tell us about his latest, The Lie Maker, and what life has been like for this newly minted granddad. Might there be a granddad super cop in an upcoming book with a punny grandma sidekick? Of course I ask him that. And our Take 5 with RBC interview series gets into their recently launched first home savings account, or FHSA, a registered account to help individuals like your kids or even your grandkids who are saving for their first home. Thanks for listening today, either on Zoomer Radio or via our podcast, which you can find on your favorite podcast provider, like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. I'm Kathy Buckworth, your go-to grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Buckworth, or email her, kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.